podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The cats are still dancing, and you need to dance your ass down to Manhattan Brewing Company. Not only are they the best brewery in the state of Kansas, they have a fully stocked bar to get you in the mood for some more postseason wins. So whether you're stocking up for the Sweet 16 game versus Michigan State, Tom Izzo, who cares, or looking to have a little bit of fun before the women tip off in their next round of the WNIT, check out Manhattan Brewing Company. Not only do they have your new favorite beer on tap, no matter what your taste is, they are the coolest spot to grab a drink every time you head into Manhattan. So whether it's straight from the tap, a four-pack at your local liquor store, or grabbing some crawlers to go, they've been supporting Bosco's Boys for the better part of the last year. And hell, they're my favorite brewery in the world. Check out their great beers today. Campbell's freaking state still dancing. The garden sure is sweet. This team from Manhattan in Manhattan is elite. We got dudes with purple pride, with crazy faith and joy. And that NYC dog in them, the treat for Bosco's boys. Oh, don't you know? We're on a podcast with my ghost boys because I love you, boneheads, baby. We're on a podcast with my ghost boys because I love you, boneheads, baby. Thank you very much. Boom, the boys are back, and my goodness, it is still, still feeling sweet. We are recording this on a Monday morning, and folks, I have a great little treat. I I think it's honestly perfect how we've uh, been going about things. It's kind of, okay, here I am. I'm just going full-blown emotion we had you know the the quick reaction to selection sunday last week this week we had the instant reaction with all the boneheads after that win over kentucky now we're going to bring the best basketball mind in the k-state world on the pod coming to us live from the highway but he's being responsible folks (laughs) don't worry he 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 dialed in he's he's not you know taking selfies from the road and he's a great driver, and there's no one around him right now, so we're being responsible. But as Jimmy Goheen, uh, fresh off of covering that K-State win over Montana State and Kentucky right there in Greensboro, doing some work for K-State Online, but really just being an absolute boss. Jimmy, uh, you're like me. You hit the hit the road early. You're an early bird. Uh, how's the drive been so far? I imagine things are pretty sweet after last night's game. Yeah, very, very sweet. <clears throat> I got up 
five in the morning Eastern time, actually about 4.30 Eastern time because I couldn't sleep anymore. Jumped on the road. I've been on the road over four hours now. Um, listened to a bunch of pods, a couple of college national pods. Listened to the reaction show. It was fantastic. Just the emotion of, of everybody on the show. Um, but, yeah, just what a weekend of basketball for K-State fans just to see both of those games, really. But, really, you know, that, that Kentucky game is going to go down in, in lore. You know, in, in, I wasn't at the last one, so I don't have the perspective. But in some ways, this one seemed a little bit sweeter just because uh, I thought we played a Kentucky team that was playing at a high level, special, especially Wallace and Sheepway. Uh, but just an incredible atmosphere in that arena and uh, lots of Kentucky fans going home sad. Yeah, it's something that I touched on during the reaction show. And I'll be honest, um, I I thought we matched up well with Kentucky, but as as you and I talked about a little bit on Twitter, um, I don't jinxes aren't real. That's not a thing. But <laughs> you do kind of start to wonder, especially me with all with how things seem to go on Twitter. But I, I was grave dancing a little bit on actually not a little bit. I grave danced a lot on Iowa State. I made fun yeah. of Missouri folks, and despite having a pretty sizable wager on KU alt line minus seven, I, I legitimately thought they were going to blow out Arkansas. Um, you know, they did drop, and and, and I, I had a couple jokes uh, on Twitter about that as well. Um, so you kind of thought, okay, is all this a little bit of bad juju? Um, but but they pulled it out, and, and again, what a what a week this is going to be, a build up to the Sweet Sixteen game for K-State fans because of everything that was happening. Let's jump into that game. Um, going into it, I, I think you were a big part of why I wasn't overly worried about Kentucky because our biggest weakness is turning the ball over. Kentucky doesn't force teams yep. to turn the ball over. Um, just going off of emotion and vibes, what, what what was your mindset like? What was your what were your emotions like uh, leading into tip off of this of the game yesterday on Sunday? Yeah, I, I was you know as the game approached because you know you're in the session. We watched uh, Xavier and Pitt, and and that was fun to watch that game. Um, and I wasn't nervous when we got to the arena, but by you know late in the second half of that Xavier Pitt game, you know you start to feel it. Um, in my pregame piece on uh, KSO, I did pick us to win by three, 68-65, I think was a score. Uh, I thought it would come down to the under four timeout. Um, so I had all that in the back of my mind. We talked about turnovers. I thought uh, we would be able to handle that aspect. I was worried about how well we would handle uh, Kentucky on the boards. But really, um, I didn't put in my preview, but I made a post on KSO in the preview thread where I said, I you know, I, all these factors come into play, but I really thought if we could stop Reeves and Toppin, because I think those were their two most dynamic players as far as scoring the ball, because Sheepway's going to get his. I thought if we could stop those two guys, uh, we would have a really good shot to win this game. And I think at the end of the day, that's kind of what happened, is we did such a good job defensively on those two. Uh, they had a great game by Wallace, maybe his best game of the year. Sheepway did his thing. Uh, but other than that, uh, we took away their best two players, in my opinion, and that's really a big contributor to why we won that game. Let's dive into that because, again, I I had some posts and I had some takes as well 
um, that I thought it was lazy by some of the regional media. If you listen to Kansas City Sports Talk, some of the quote-unquote experts yep. they had on um, during the week, and then, of course, some of the national talking heads. I, I thought it was a lazy take talking about how Shibway was going to be the reason why Kentucky won. And, and I want to focus in on him real quick because he's a great player. He's a deserved All-American. And, and again, I think he was a contender for – SEC player of the year. I don't know if he ended up getting it or not, but um, if you look at Kentucky throughout the year and they had plenty of losses to look at outside of like one or two of those losses, he gets his um, there, there's no yep. scenario in which he doesn't, uh, you know, get, you know, and again, their opening round game, he only had eight points, um, but he, he, there's no, no times he's not grabbing a ton of rebounds in most games. He's scoring, you know, upwards of 15 points. Um, I was very pleased by the game plan that they had harassing Reeves, really attacking Toppin, who I think is a, always thought was a defensive liability and got him in foul trouble and eventually fouled him out. Um, was it like about as perfect of a game plan from your point of view, uh, that this staff put together in what, 36 hours and then executed perfectly? I, I really think it was cause it was, um, I think they were willing to let Sheepway get his. And I think, you know, I think in a lot of ways, um, the, the funny thing was I looked up before the game, Kentucky having a ton of offensive rebounds was not always correlative to them winning games. They, they had, I think, 14 games with at least 13 offensive rebounds, and they went 7-7 seven and seven in those games. And the games where they had 12 or fewer offensive rebounds, they went 14-4, and four, and that probably speaks to how bad a shooting team they are many times. And if they don't make shots, they were going to lose games. And, and it came up in the, in the, the press conference the day before uh, our game, when, when coach Tang was up uh, with the, with the press, I got to go to that. And they kept all these questions were about Sheetway. It's kind of what you were talking about. All these guys kept asking. And, and Tang was like, sure, we haven't seen a guy like Sheetway. But the thing about Kentucky is if, those guys that make threes. And if we can stop those guys, we're going to be okay. And it proved to be right. That was obviously that was their game plan. Throw uh, everybody we had at Sheepway inside, beat him up, bang him up. You know, he got to the free throw line quite a bit and actually made him. Uh, but he's not a bad free throw shooter. But, yeah, it worked out perfectly. You know, the wild card was maybe Carson Wallace having maybe his best game of the year. But we were able to overcome that and still get the dub. Yeah, Wallace was good as well. Um, so let, let's kind of go at least kind of chunked up in chronological order. Um, the game starts, and, and it was just an ugly game from the from the jump. Um, neither team was really getting buckets early. K-State missing a lot of open shots, and I, I thought that, you know, Kentucky, they had a handful of open shots, but I really think we did a great job contesting just about everything they put up there. Um, through that first chunk, let, let's take it basically up until like the first second media timeout where no one's hitting anything. Uh, when you're watching that game from media row, are you thinking, okay, hey, uh, slow start, but we're getting good looks. This is still a game that could go K-State's way, or did some pessimism start uh, creeping in when we couldn't get even the most open of shots to fall? Yeah, there's a little bit, I was a little concerned. Um, the threes falling was one thing. Um, I think part of that was... Um, probably their game plan was, you know, leave some open threes for guys that 
sometimes make them, sometimes don't, because we had a, a missed three from Desi and I think a couple from Cam. You know, those guys are capable, but I'm sure Kentucky was fine with them shooting. It was more so that we got some steals and forced some turnovers early, got some fast break opportunities and didn't convert. And we were missing our on our twos early in the game that had me more concerned with anything because we weren't taking advantage. And it, even though we we had four kind of early turnovers in the game, and Kentucky scored on all four. So they were getting points off turnovers, uh, and we were not. And that was a big concern. And, and even though they were getting a bunch of offensive boards, they weren't converting off of those. So my biggest concern was, man, we've got to finish around the rim. we got to make some of those shots. And we missed, I think, two point Blake layups. And then uh, uh, he had a, a, a jump right from the rim that he missed. And, and those were my biggest concern through that first part of the ballgame. So after that, and this is where, and again, I, I did not tweet during the game. I actually, I, I like I like myself and my watching experience a lot better when I just declare before the game. All right, <laughs> d- done tweeting. Like I, I, I was texting with my dad and I called him at halftime. And then I have a couple of group chats that, I, that I'm texting during the game. But I, but I just kind of, for the most part, stayed off Twitter. But where I started panicking a little bit uh, was when Kentucky went on that run. You know, it wasn't a... Uh, crazy run to to kind of push out the lead. I think they got it up to like four or five in that first half. That's when I started yeah. getting concerned. So uh, we're we're still not getting buckets. Uh, you know they're starting to hit a couple jump shots. I think they hit you know one kind of desperation three right at the buzzer of a shot clock, and that's the yeah, moment I did. start to yep. worry. Uh, what what was it about that run by Kentucky that allowed them to get there? And then what was your mood like in the arena? You know, things start getting a little rowdy, big blue nation before they start crying like children. Um, what, what, what was going through your mind uh, when they were able to get that uh, lead? And at a time where it felt like five almost felt like 15. Yeah. Cause, cause to me, that's when the concern of the missed three started to come into effect. Cause I think we, you know, we missed, I know for a fact, we missed our first 13 threes of the game. We were 0 for 12 at halftime. And that stretch you're talking about, we missed some open threes. And we weren't getting the steals anymore. We weren't getting the turnovers anymore. Uh, and, and then Kentucky was making a few shots and then did make that three at the buzzer that, you know, really gave them momentum. The place started to get loud. Um, they started making plays. And there was a big turn coming in. You know, we got that five probably with, you know, four or five minutes left in the half. Um, there was a concern of, of when, when is somebody going to make a play? When are we going to get something good to happen uh, to kind of turn off this run that Kentucky was on to, to get that lead built up? And really, we didn't do a, we, we It wasn't like we went on a run, but then the defense kind of locked back in to end yeah. that first half. Uh, we we then start seeing some of these uh, amazing passes that lead to dunks. We we get to the free throw line a handful of times uh, near the end of the half, uh, and, and we end up getting it to a three point lead because of that. I, let, let's first start with how uh, kind of I I don't want to say old school basketball because you know nowadays it's at the rim or three point. Well, we didn't hit any three pointers, but there's that viral picture that went around at halftime of k-state's shot uh chart and everything we made yeah. was at the rim it was a dunk or a layup and you yeah. ended up with a three-point lead because again the defense locked in you start hitting those shots at the rim um 
what was it like kind of seeing like, Hey, all right, we can't hit these threes, but we're going to go attack the rim. We're going to get to the free throw line. We're going to dunk the ball. Um, What was it like in the arena when that switch just kind of flipped and uh, the team just started attacking the rim like crazy? Yeah, the the energy level definitely flipped. Uh, You know, you you mentioned I I really thought it started on the defensive end because we started making everything hard for Kentucky. Um, And even especially around the paint, around the rim, um, we weren't getting a lot of steals, but we're getting stops. And then we got some things going finally in transition. Marquise got going, made some fantastic passes. Uh, the Keontae dunk uh, in transition, another play in transition that led to free throws. Uh, you know, Desi came back because, you know, we didn't really talk about Desi's injury. I, I, I was I was wondering if he was done. I thought it was a hit pointer. One time. I, I thought it was a hit he, pointer. He I thought he, he was done. Yeah. I was worried. Yeah, he fell on that hip. We saw him go to the locker room in the arena, and everybody was, you know, super concerned and what's going to happen. And then, uh, you know, he comes back out. He's smiling. He's sitting on the bench, still rubbing his hip a little bit. And then, you know, he kind of helped bring that energy during that run to get K-State going. Uh, But, yeah, like you said, I think we made eight of our last nine shots, Not, not a single jump shot make in the first half. Every make was a layup or a dunk. Uh, I think we were like 70 to 80% on twos and Kentucky was 20 or 30% below us on twos. And that gave you a lot of hope going into halftime that if we just started making some shots, started making some threes, that that this game was going to be ours. Uh, Just an incredible run. It wasn't a huge run, but it was enough of a run to get us a lead, which was pretty big going into halftime. Yeah, I want to talk about two individual plays before we move into the second half. The first one, it's the play that I believe Desi got hurt on. He stayed in and hit both of his free throws. But what a maniac. And I mean this in the best possible way. Like, I truly mean this as a compliment. Desi Sills is an absolute crazy man. He's like, all right, you know what? Fuck this. I'm I'm going to now fly through the lane, through four people, cock it back so far that people, you know, back in, you know, Durham, North Carolina can see the ball better than the folks right. He's trying to make the 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 craziest dunk in NCAA tournament history. And like when you watch the clip, it's like, okay, the it was never going, he was never going to slam it down, uh, but he gets fouled. He hits his two free throws, but he goes down so hard. And I think that led to the under four timeout. I think uh, I might yes. have it mixed up a little bit, but he comes back, hits his free throws. Then he goes out. Uh, maybe it, yeah. maybe it's the under six. I can't remember, but yeah. I mean, how, what, what, what were you thinking when you see, when you see Desi just go full sicko mode? and try to throw that down. Like, did, yeah. did any part of you think, oh, my God, he's about to do this? Yeah, yeah, you could – because, you know, I was low enough. I was, you know, courtside, thanks to uh, KSO giving me a media pass. appreciate D.Y., my guy. Um, but, yeah, that angle that I had was, like, right behind him. And I saw the ball go up, and I'm like, he's really going to try to do this. But the funny thing was – is, is our seats were right in front of the main Kentucky section. And there, there were kind of some, uh, probably, I think, pretty big, big wig type Kentucky fans right behind us. And there was a gasp. And they were just like super impressed just with that athleticism and him trying to make that play. Uh, and and that, was, that was kind of cool to see is, 
as Kentucky fans' reaction to that, and then to Marquise Noel as, as the as the game went along. I'll get into that more later, but yeah, that was that was a moment that to me kind of was part of all that flip switch at the end of that first half. And then the second play I want to talk about before we go to the second half, Marquise Noel, um, and, and he has all these amazing passes, all these amazing alley-oopsies thrown. But the alley-oop he threw to Naquan Tomlin at the end of the half, no look, just, you know, they tried to double him. He just runs around everyone. He's cutting through the lane, not even looking, just tosses it up to Naquan, and he slams it down. What what was it like? What was the mood like inside the arena when that got thrown down and K-State went up three? That that was energy, but you know it kind of goes with the pl- the the play right before that. that Marquise duped him, split the double team, went in and made the basket to get the two for one in the last minute, which is something K State has done great this year. So I made a comment about how I appreciate how well Coach Tang plays into the first half and getting two for ones. But you know part of that is trusting Marquise to go make a play. And he did. And then we got a stop. Then we got the ball down. Yeah. And then the the way that oop happened, because it was also a no-look pass, um, you know, after he had made the behind-the-back pass uh, to, to Key on the transition, you know, just a few moments earlier. And that's when a Kentucky fan behind us was like, why have I not heard of this guy before? This is the best point guard I've seen play basketball, college basketball this year. That was a guy right behind me said that. And I was like, this, we've seen this all year. I mean, and D.Y. was interacting with him because I think he knew him because uh, he's a – I think the guy was actually a, a, a Kentucky football coach that D.Y. had covered when he was at a previous stop. And anyway, he, he kept raving about Noel the rest of the game after that. Well, and then he even had the between-the-legs pass to Key that he yeah. almost threw down when uh, Keontae got poked in the eye and still hit his yeah. two free throws. So, yeah. um, he states up three at half. I'm feeling great. I'm, I, I call up my dad. We, we talked through halftime. I, I'm feeling great. I think we get the first bucket uh, in that second half. But then, of course, I mean, again, it, it's it's one of only two, you know, complaints I have about this team. You know, I think mm-hmm. at times we turn the ball over too much. And then seemingly every single game we give up at least one run, one double digit to zero run and yeah. Kentucky goes on an 11 0 run. And I think it was maybe like a 15 to two or 15 to three run yeah. at one point And they uh, build it out. Um, the arena starts getting very loud for Kentucky. Um, what in your mind, what kind of led to that run by Kentucky? And then w- what were your thoughts? Uh, because I think Jerome Tang takes a timeout at one point uh, early. Uh, actually, no, I don't think he, I think we, we just kind of coached. I can't remember. I'm still kind of on cloud nine. So some of these details are, you know, getting past me, but what led Kentucky to that big run to start that uh, second half? And and what were your thoughts when they were able to get it up? I think they got it up to eight points uh, in in that second half. Well, well, I was, I was concerned, but I think what really led to it was, it was our best players not playing their best. Um, there seemed to be a concerted effort early in the half, which which we've done all year, especially when he struggled in the first half, was to get Keontae some touches. And uh, he, I think he had a, a turnover, and then he had a missed shot that both led to transition points for Kentucky. And then Marquise had a couple mistakes and a couple turnovers that also led to 
transition points for Kentucky. And then we had a couple misses. And then Kentucky just made some shots. And uh, there was one time I think Livingston made a three from the top of the key that may have put him up eight or six. And, and he usually doesn't make threes. And I was like, man, if they've got these dudes making threes that usually don't make them, uh, then we could be in trouble. And, and they had all the momentum. They had definitely all the momentum, all the energy in the arena. Uh, we were getting foul calls. Shibway was making shots or making free throws. And, uh, you know, we were getting to the – they got to the bonus, what, 12 minutes left in the half about. So, yeah, there was definitely concern from myself that we may get run uh, or at least are going to have a very difficult time getting back in this game. Yeah, I I was worried at that point, and and I I believe it was uh I think it was eleven thirty eight, they get into the uh the bonus, and I'm freaking out at this point. Uh, yeah, you know I I'm not I'm not going to send out the uh, <laughs> I'm not going to send out the text I was sending in my group chat, but yeah. Oscar Shibway got an offensive rebound and laid it back, laid it in at the 621 mark. That's what got it up to eight points. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it was coming off of a David Gasson. He he shot a three, and then uh, you know, they missed a layup and Shibway yep. just put it yep. in. Um, luckily it was uh Desi Sills makes a layup. Yes. And then we turn around foul, send them to the free throw line. Um or actually, no. They 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 then turned it over, and then it was kind of a game on from that point. Desi Sells made a second layup, so he goes on his own little four, uh, actually five zero run because it, it was an and one, and he hit his free throw. Yeah, and then yeah. and then it is Marquise Noel who gets the defensive rebound, goes down, hits that three, and it's tied up. From that moment yeah. on, it really becomes a slobber knocker of a game. Um, but I. I of course, Marquise Noel is going to get a lot of the credit, and we'll talk about his game specifically. But just that run of play from Desi Sills, and even early on that first half where we talked about how he's just like he has no regard for his own safety. He's just trying to make plays. How how big of a game did Desi Sills have for this team? Yeah, that was gigantic. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I really thought Desi's energy was what turned it in. You know, because we went on our own 8-0 run at that point. Uh, he had five and then the, the Marquise three. But D.Y. and I have talked about it all year uh, from Press Row. Desi Sills in the open court is one of the fastest basketball players in the country. And he's also unconventional because he's so good at going left. And if he gets it to his left hand, you probably are not going to stop him. Because I think at least one of those transition, maybe both, He's bringing it up on the right side, and then he switches left and just goes right down the middle of the lane. And he's so good at finishing. I think, you know, he's uh, his two-point percentage is, is one of the best on our team. Uh, but all of his shots are at the rim. Like, he gets to the rim so well, and then finishing those plays, uh, that was the spark. And then the Marquise three to, to cap, cap that 8-0 run, which I think, if, if you have to look, I think that might have tied the game. That was huge. That was just so gigantic. And then it was then it was going to be uh, back and forth. But, you know, the, the, the analogy is we took their best punch and then we punched right back. And that was the key to the game. 
Yeah, it, it, it did that that three did did tie the game. Uh, you know, Desi goes on his own 5-0 run, Marquise hits it, and then and then it is back and forth um rest of the way. Um when we go on that run, when we get it tied back up again, you, you said that, man, you, you're a little bit afraid that we might get run again. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna say everything that I was saying in my group chat because I was spazzing out like crazy. I was like, Oh, actually I will say like, I, I specifically remember. So uh, I'm in a group chat with two buddies because uh, I'm in a few of them and, and I'm, yeah. I'm spazzing out in all of them. Uh, the, and it's with two guys named Matt and, and the, the name of the group chat is between two mats, kind of like a play on the between two ferns. Um, yeah. And I'm like, well, we're going to lose by 12 all this type of stuff. And then uh, another one of the mats is like, yep, you know, we're, we're screwed. And then uh, the other Matt who, who is even killed, he's like, Kentucky is not good enough to run this team. We are going to get this. We're going to get it back. And uh, sure enough, uh, we did almost immediately. So uh, again, you know, I'm spazzing out and shout out to both my buddies, Matt, <laughs> uh, and, and especially Matt main. And I'll give him a specific shout out. He was, he was steadfast. Uh, in the first half and steadfast in the second half, even when Kentucky's going on that big run, um, that that we weren't going to get run. And sure enough, we didn't. And then from that moment on, it was truly a classic basketball game. It, it is back and forth. Um, both teams making some plays. Both teams playing Ooh. good defense. Um, what was it like kind of getting to experience, especially from a K-State perspective, um, that run and then it truly is a back and forth game that 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 is worthy of you know a Disney movie almost the counter punch punch you know basically uh, until the final four minutes which we'll touch on here in a second yeah that that was really when you know I don't know how else to say it but the game it just almost becomes surreal like you're you're in a moment that you know I I haven't been at an NCAA tournament game before that we won besides the Beasley game against USC in 08. And so just being there and then being that close to the floor, you just feel and see everything. You're right across. I was right across from Calipari, whining to the officials all the time and Kentucky's bench. And then just see our bench right down the way and the energy and, and Jer Jerome, going crazy and then Jareem having to get back and hold the guys off the court when we make big play after big play. And then, you know, that, that from the time we tied it to that last bit when, I, when we were down by four, then they're right before the under four timeout. That part is surreal. That's kind of sketching my mind. I, I remember some of the plays, but I don't remember all of them like I do down the stretch. Uh, but, but the, it was just, wild how like then you start thinking during that stretch run this I was like this is going to be one of the best college basketball games I've ever seen not just K-State games I've ever seen but one of the best college basketball games I've ever seen and that was pretty cool to just be in that moment yeah, we, I pulled up the play by play because because similar to you, like some <laughs> some of it's just running together. So at the ten nineteen mark, we actually Marquise made a jumper that got us up by four after that yeah. initial kind of back and forth, and then they kind of go on and, and 
I mean, anything in this game outside of that 11-0, it's, it's kind of like, oh, you know, you, you call it a mini run because then they were yeah. able to get up 50 to 49. And again, it is back and forth. They get up by three um, after a Sheevway dunk. And then that was the yeah. first kind of big, uh, like, three-point shot because Marquise Noel comes down and he ties it. At that point, they get up by three. And in a game where runs have been tough, you think to yourself, oh boy, you know, if we don't, if we don't answer, we're not going to get it. Keontae got the assist there. Marquise hits a three. That's the 6-10 mark, which kind of becomes a uh, precursor to what we're going to see down the stretch. How good was it to see some of those three-point shots start to fall in the second half? Yeah, that was a relief because it I, I mentioned Beasley 08. I also started to think about the Wisconsin game that year, which is the last time K-State failed to make a three-point shot in a basketball game. And uh, I was like, this is not going to happen to us again in the tournament. You know, and, and Marquise made that one during the first 10 minutes of the, of the second half, which kind of turned that off. But then, you know, we started making some more because we ended up five of nine in the second half. Marquise hit three. We'll get, um, we're getting there, but Yeah. Seeing him make a couple during that that run that, that kept us in the game and tied it and then got us a lead there, that was that was really cool to to know that you know you know my my kind of general rule is if if Marquise makes three threes in the game we're probably going to win and I think that proved to be true in this one. Yeah, and that three was the one he put uh, you know the big teardrop over Sheebway. Yeah. He tried to yes. do it again that that switched. next possession. Yep, yep. he tried yep. to do it again. Two in a row. Yep, yep. I remember and, those. And now he, I remember those. Yeah, yep. and he missed the second one. And uh, Kentucky, uh, they answered um, with their own uh, layup, and then they come down, and this is where they get up four. Uh, Keontae yeah. missed uh, one right at the rim where he just yes. got hammered. Should have got been a foul. Abused. Yeah. Just abused. No call. Now, now I'm remembering all these. Yep. And then and then Shibway uh got the rebound, uh, gets out to Livingston, and then he lays it off to Lance Ware, who got the dunk. They're up four yep. at this point. That is the 16 four, to 56. Yep. That is the four minute mark. You're down four. Um, you know, luckily you d- you don't have to sit with the thought for too long because uh Marquise Noel uh, you know. 27 seconds later, he hits our three-pointer. Yes. Um, but at that moment, it's a four-point lead. The arena, there's 17,000 uh Kentucky or 17,000 fans in there, probably, you know, eight to nine thousand of them are Kentucky fans. What's going through your mind? You look up at the scoreboard, four minutes to go down four. Um, what is the mood like in the arena? It, it was, you know, like you said, the Kentucky energy was high. And then I was, I was just like, Somebody has got to make a play. It's at some point, if we're going to win this game, we are going to have to have our best players make plays. And and I knew I was going to come down to probably Marquise and uh, Keontae making a shot. You know, and, it, it, and you're right. It started because that, that was before the under four timeout, I think, when Marquise hit his three uh, to cut it to one. The, once he made that shot, I was like, we – I knew we had to score that possession. Like I, I was worried if we did not score that possession after they went up four on that wear dunk, that then then it was going to be over. But once Marquise hit that three, I was like, "This is this is a game. This is a we got a shot now." 
And then I think they came down. We got a stop and the ball went out of bounds. Is that right? Because I think that's yep. when the under four timeout. Yes. So we, so, we went into the under four down one with the ball. Correct. So it, it it's out of bounds. And then again, this was brought up in the live reaction pod. Yes. Maybe the underrated play of the game. Marquise Noel <laughs> gets fouled as he's trying to throw an alley oop. Uh, when you see yep. the replay, yep. it is very obvious he's trying to throw an alley-oop. But then he immediately goes to the free throw line. He says, I was shooting, I was shooting. And like he insistently says, I was shooting. And then the referees give him uh, the two free throws. He hits both. K-State gets the lead. Uh, Kentucky fans melting down. They oh, then – in the, in the, I'll just have to add here. In the arena, this was, they were going crazy because the play before to get the ball – out to get the under four timeout, we had knocked it out of, I think Wallace's hands or Reeves and we fouled like it was a pretty clear foul that we missed. And then once they called the shooting foul uh, and, and gave Noel the free throws, the fans behind me, Oh my goodness, they were melting down and they were telling the refs to go back to high school and all other kinds of things that I usually don't say uh, because I try to watch my language. <laughs> That's fair. I, I I can only imagine, but yeah. So so th- that happens. Um, Carson uh, Wallace again. Just he he has a great game. Uh, Livingston yep. missed a jumper. He got the rebound. He laid it back in. They're up 62-61. Now Casey comes back down the floor. Uh, they're working it around. Uh, you know the the horn. Um, nothing is quite working. They're trying to find a way to in the paint. It's not working. They kick it out. Marquise Noel kicks it over to Ish Masood. Shot clock's running down. The guy is almost out of bounds. It is super deep. That shot goes up, and I believe it was Ish's – I mean, I think he only took one or two shots the entire game. Yeah. I think he had a missed uh, fadeaway shot, mid-range shot. Um, when you see that ball go up, what is your thoughts when it's Ishmael putting it up before it even goes in? Well, I thought because because it looked like, like you said, they were bogged down, and then it looked like this was like a secondary action set that they ran for Ish, not unlike uh, the Baylor game at Waco, which was a long time ago. But I was like, that is a coach that trusts his players because Ish. You know, I think he was 10 for 40 from three in the in the last 10 games or something like that. Uh, so shoot about 25%, uh, not shooting as high level as he was mid midway through Big 12 play. But to, to have uh, the cojones from Coach Tang to, to, to run a set, because it was obvious off the screen, to get Ish that shot. And he said – and he said in the post game he wanted Ish to shoot it deep just so he had space. And Ish usually, that's the other thing. Ish usually shoots his threes, you know, right on the line. He's not usually Marquise Noel from 30 feet, but this one was close to that. And then when it goes through, then I was like, I think we're going to win this. That was that was the moment I thought, I think we're going to win this game. The the next round of play also is massive, and it's massive from David Gasson who at this point in the game is playing with just one shoe on. Um, yes, so, for a ton of time. Yeah, so it's this entire it, run. It's, yeah, it's it, wild. Yeah, so keep in mind, as I'm about to shout out David Gisson for two massive rebounds, he's playing with one shoe. So Kentucky yes. comes down, uh, Livingston immediately pops up, a th- well, not immediately, but he pops up a three with like about two minutes left. Yeah. And of course, every missed shot Kentucky had, 
is contested. Sheboy's going for it, and it's not just him. They had a couple other guys grab a few yeah. offensive rebounds as well. But David Gasson comes up big, and he grabs the rebound. Now, coming down the floor, Marquise Noel, he shoots up another three after about 20 seconds, running some clock. I- I'm okay with it. I'm always fine in these moments, Marquise, yeah. running that, clock. That and shot shoot. looked good. Yeah, and, and I that thought it was shot, going down. I was, I was right behind that angle. I thought, that, that's in. Barely missed yeah, I, I I thought so too. But then David Gasson again comes up big, grabs an offensive rebound ourselves. It's a long rebound, and again he kind of tips it out because again he's playing with one shoe out yeah. to Marquise Noel. We're able twenty seconds left. We're able to run a little bit more uh, clock. But then again, uh, Keontae does that little uh, hard cut. Marquise gets him the ball, and then he does the step back three. And what is probably going to be one of the more iconic uh, moments uh, from this NCAA tournament run. And that puts K-State up five and I'm going wild. Um, I like, I'm, I, 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 I'm lucky Chauncey kind of like had enough of me this game. He went outside. It would have scared him, but I'm just going nuts when that goes in. And that's the moment where I'm thinking we're going to do this. We're going to pull this off. Um, What, what do you think that releases, uh, he had not hit a three-point shot, and quite frankly, it might have been one of Keontae's worst games, uh, you know, for the most part in a K-State uniform. That shot goes up. W- what are your emotions right there in the arena? That was, yeah, that was surreal. I think I, I looked at D.Y. and we both smiled. And then I just, I remember this. It was weird. I just remember I, I just put my head straight back and looked straight up at the ceiling. And this kind of soaked in the the cheers and the energy for a while I don't it wasn't that long but it felt like a long time and then just the the emotion of seeing that run happen and that kind of stretch of basketball happen uh, was just amazing because I I honestly think you know because we have five possessions here because Noel's going to make two more free throws five possessions in a row where we scored 13 points, 13 points on five possessions in the under four time of a game is going to go down, in my opinion, as one of the most iconic stretches of K-State basketball in in our history. Just to do that in that moment was just extraordinary. And, and just like I said, it was surreal. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, and, and to your point, you know, after that, uh, Kentucky misses their three-pointer. Uh, Keontae grabs a rebound, and then it's K-State hits, I believe, is it eight free throws down the stretch? Yes. Go eight yeah. for eight down the stretch. Doesn't give Kentucky any sort of life. Uh, and then we win the game. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was another iconic K-State win over Kentucky. And, again, um, K-State were the underdogs. Again, we're the three seed playing the yeah. six. But at tip-off, I think the line got up to Kentucky four and a half. You win the game by six. Um, the emotions are running high. And, and I want to just talk. We, we touched on Desi Sills real quick. And granted, I didn't bring up his name a lot, but I think Naquan Tomlin had an yeah. absolutely yeah. massive game. Double-digit scores, uh, a handful of blocks, handful of steals. Um, how many Let, rebounds? Lettuce and rebounds. Lettuce and six. Lettuce yeah. and rebounds. Yeah, yeah. six uh, rebounds, two steals, four blocks. Four blocks. Only yeah. one turnover, only three fouls, yep. 12 points, uh, six of eight from the field, played 30 minutes. And again, that's where I think his, I think his efficiency was like 1.24, something like that. Really yeah, good. It, 
and, and just amazing. Just an, the only shots he missed, he missed both of his free throws and he misses two three pointers, six of six yeah. from uh two point. And again, he he spent a lot of time banging with Sheboy uh down there. Uh I mean, just talk about the game that Tomlin had. Um, because because we'll touch on him, uh, we'll touch on Gasson, and then we'll end with Marquise Noel talking about the individual players. But just how big was that game with such a big assignment for Tomlin? Yeah, I mean I think it was talked about in the in the reaction show. I listened to it already this morning, but you know, we talk about Tomlin as being the wild card. And then we talk about sometimes Desi as being the wild card. Really, they're both the wild card and they both showed up in this game. And, and they're both a major reason we won this game because they both provided energy in dirt, certain stretches. Uh, you're right. Like Tomlin's blocks, there were some key ones. Uh, he had some big rebounds and he had some big buckets when we needed uh, finishes around the rim. Uh, uh, so you just, and I think you you even mentioned in the in the uh, the show that you know if he's back next year, which I think he will be, this may be the spark that is his kind of coming out party as as becoming the next star at K State after Marquise and Keontae are gone next season. And just a huge game by him um, in a, in a huge spotlight. You know, you mentioned as well in the the reaction show him staying out of foul trouble and staying on the floor is such a big thing for K State. And I really thought it showed up in this game. Yeah, and, and like I said, we, we already spent some time talking about Desi Sills. Uh, you know, you feel great for Ish getting that shot. And again, he he did a great yeah. job when he was out there fronting Shibway, making it yeah. tough on him. But I, I want to talk about Gasson. 23 minutes, only you know, only scored four points. Uh, but, you know, he grabs four rebounds. He had three uh, steals himself. And again, those two rebounds uh, towards the stretch of the game yeah. really helped get us over the top. And again, uh, he twisted his ankle during uh, pregame yeah, warm-ups, warm-up. actually. Yeah, yeah shout-out yeah, to Alec Bussey, who, or Busey of EMA Online, who I, I believe had that on Twitter. Um, just a gritty game. And, again, when you look at the stat line, you think if you didn't watch the game, you think to yourself, okay, like David Gasson, he he wasn't really doing much, you know. Uh, but I, I thought he played with a ton, ton of grit and determination. And what's your takeaway from uh, David's game? Yeah, I I, th- I think, you know, my, my perception of, of Gasson has, has been he's more of a finesse player, very athletic, can run the floor really well, really good around the rim, uh, really good on oops. Uh, but this was, this was a toughness game for him. This was a grit game for him where he really brought it. He brought um, physicality to a level. I, I honestly, I don't think I've seen him play with this year. And uh, for him to bang with, with uh, Chibway and, and, and even Ware when he came in and, and even Toppin at times. Um, and, and he got switched out a few times and had to guard guards, Livingston a couple times and, 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 and Reeves. Just all around the, what he provides. And, and, you know, Coach Tang always talks about how he's so diverse on defense, which helps us. But, but the piece that was really lacking – uh, in some games this year was the physicality, and he brought that in this game. And, you know, it was one of the best four and four games uh, from a big you're ever going to see, and he really did a lot of things to help K-State win that basketball game. And, and let's let's now uh, talk about Marquise Noel and his individual game and uh, just kind of what he means for K-State. 
I said it in the reaction show. And I, I think when you couple his individual accolades, uh, all American, all big 12, uh, you know, Marquise Noel is a name that is all over the K-State record books at this point. And having this game sending K-State to the second weekend, I, I, I believe it has put him over the hump. Uh, and his name will be amongst the greats in the rafters in Bramlage Coliseum one day. Um, 27 points, doesn't quite get there, uh, get get another points and assist double-double. But he distributed the ball like crazy. He only had, I believe, four turnovers in a game where he played all 40 minutes. There's a point yeah. where Tang wanted to – he had nine assists, so he almost got there. But there's a point yeah. where Tang wanted to bring him out. Uh, I think he was shooting free throws, and uh, he was saying, no, I'm not coming out, I'm not coming out. I think I think Marquise missed that free throw almost on purpose, so he didn't have to come out. Yeah. Granted, I think Tang was calling uh, Cam Carter back to the bench before he shot it, so I, I I don't know if that's the case. But in my head, when I saw him miss that free throw, I was like, oh, he he really just didn't want to come out. <laughs> um, but plays all forty minutes, and, and Keontae played thirty nine, and again, uh, he made the big shot when it counted. But it truly was Marquise Noel's game. Um. 50% from the field, three of eight from three, 10 of 11 from free throw line. He grabbed two rebounds himself, nine assists, three steals. And like I said, only four turnovers and only one foul. And that one foul, by the way, he said, no, I was the one who yes. fouled. And I yeah. think that kept it away from Keontae Johnson. So Marquise Noel doing some Jedi mind tricks on the referees in that game. Um, Just kind of talk about Marquise Noel and, when you look at K-State postseason games, I mean, that has to be up there kind of with Jacob Poland and Denny Clemente versus Xavier. Um, and, and, you know, Michael Beasley versus USC is some of these iconic postseason K-State individual performances. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, it's the whole weekend. I mean, he averaged over 20 points and 10 assists in the two games combined. And I, I think it was Gary Parrish said that the the – NCAA stat research said he's the first guy to, to average 20 points and 10 assists since like the late eighties in the, in, in, in a, in a two round, two game round of an NCAA tournament. So just incredible. Um, his scoring rate last night was uh, almost 40 points for 100 possessions, which if you follow that stat, it's really incredible. His efficiency was like 1.3, which is incredible for a, high usage point guard. Um, he made threes, three of eight from three. What was he? 10 of 11 from the free throw line made, I think two thirds of his two point shots. Just one of the best individual performances in the tournament from a K-Stater uh, of all time. And, you know, I think it does put him in the, in the uh, conversation with Jacob Pullen um, making moments matter in March. Uh, It'll, it'll be remembered similarly for most of us, I think, to the Xavier game in, in 2010. Uh, just amazing uh, to see the, the combination of shot making, playmaking, and efficiency in, in the, the two games versus Montana State, Kentucky, to get K-State to another Sweet 16. Just so, so cool to be there, so cool to see it, so cool to see his emotion on the floor. Just it's hard to to stop talking about it because it was so fun to watch. It was it was it was amazing to watch, and uh, all those New York kids get to go back and play in Madison Square Garden, which will be a fun story to follow throughout the week. 
Um, but but it is time to start looking at Michigan State now. Yeah. Um, again, I, I blame you for any any intelligent <laughs> thought that I have when it comes to basketball. Uh, but watching uh, Michigan State Marquette, I almost feel like um, in, in March, I, I think some of this aura around Izzo in Michigan State, and, I, and I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but I, I think it's kind of taking on a life of its own. And I felt like there were even some K-State fans who were like, eh, maybe I'd rather play Marquette. Now, the stat that makes me very happy we're playing Michigan State, and this is kind of, again, why yeah. I, I wasn't that worried about Kentucky, Michigan State does not turn – teams over they're one of the worst defenses when it comes to turning teams over and that's what I love about that matchup um when you you start looking at it I mean lines it's already up to two points Uh, I think the early lines had K-State one and a half and it has swung three and a half points Michigan State favored by two when you look at this game how does K-State match up with it and what are your thoughts on the Michigan State Spartans yeah I, th- I think it's a, a good matchup for us. I'm lo- I'm like you. I did not really want to play Marquette um, just because of their ball pressure and their guards um, are, are really good at forcing turnovers. That's that's their thing. That's not Michigan State's thing. They ranked three 340 in forcing turnovers, so nearly last in the country in forcing turnovers. Very low steals rate as well. Uh, it's kind of a weird, you know, Izzo's teams are always known for toughness, and they're tough. They're always going to be tough. But their real thing on offense is shooting threes. Like, they're a three-point shooting team, even though they did not shoot the three well in their win over Marquette. Uh, they're top ten in the country in shooting threes, and they're like 260s in, the, in, in shooting twos. Uh, just some weird – some odd stats, like uh, they're almost 300 in their rate of two-point uh, shots at the rim. And then their top ten in their their rate of two point jump shots. So they shoot a bunch of two point jumpers. They don't get to the rim often. They shoot a bunch of threes, and they make threes. So it'll be a nice matchup. Third nine or something yesterday. What's it? What Wallace? Can't remember his name off the top of my head. And then. Uh, Joey Hauser, I do. I think we played against when he was at Marquette several years ago. Those are kind of their, their top three players. They've got other good players, of course, but uh, I do like the matchup. I think it's the best one. Uh, and it, Gary Parrish talked about it too. It's it's almost the line is created by Izzo's got to be because we're 21 in Ken Palm and they're like 25 or 26 right now. Uh, so usually that gap on a neutral court, the the, the higher ranked team in the metro is going to get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to line, but not in this case. And I, you know, I almost think that helps us. I love the chip on our shoulder. Tang's going to play that up. Marquise is going to play that up. We've got four New Yorkers going back to Madison Square Garden. Uh, And although I think, uh, you know, Izzo and Michigan State like Madison Square Garden as well, but still, I think that benefits us. I'm right there with you. I I think it's going to be an entertaining game. And again, we, we probably could do, you know, a full, you know, three hours kind of talking about, you know, how Tang reacts in the media and how he likes that chip on the shoulder. And I think the team yes. responds, but, uh, you know, I, I sadly, I, I don't get paid enough on the <laughs> podcast. So I, I'll have to do some actual work, work today. 
Um, when I look at the matchup again, I I can't help but think, and it's going to be a tough game. I'm I'm not sitting here saying yeah. oh, K State yeah. should be favored by eight or anything like that. Um, because when you look at Ken Palm, when you look at the advanced stats, hey, you're very comparable to Michigan State, and then uh, you might be facing the number five team in Ken Palm in Tennessee in the Elite Eight, despite them being yeah. a five seed. And yes, I know they're down one of their best players, but I mean. Look, they, they took care of, you know, everyone's darling. And, hell, I had Duke in my Final Four because they were so hot. But they took care yeah. of them with relative ease. And, you know, that they're going to uh, have – and, again, not to take anything away from FAU, I think they're a top 30 Ken Palm team as well. But, you know, it's still a team um, who's not battle-tested from, like, CUSA. I, I don't even know what, you know, league yeah. FAU's in. So uh, that could be an interesting game in the not Elite Eight. USA. Conference USA. They, okay, so they are CUSA. Yeah, Conference USA. All right, I had it right. Good, good, good job, yeah, Scott. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so maybe we'll have to talk to you on Friday uh, if if things go go the way yeah. that we want to to break down Tennessee or uh, Florida Atlantic. But if you were going to just kind of you know Jimmy's three keys uh, to making it to the the Elite Eight versus Michigan State, what would they be? Um, I, I would say we need we need. Uh, efficient Keontae. I think he's a really tough matchup for Michigan State. He's a hard guard, um, and, and I think I think we will. Uh, Michigan State's not quite as long and athletic as Kentucky, so I think that's a favorable matchup for us. Uh, I we can't start 0 from 13 from three. I don't think you know we kind of bit, bit a bullet, especially against a Michigan State team that's a, a much better three point shooting team than Kentucky was. And, you know, I, I think, you know, looking at the numbers with a, a, a Michigan State team that does not seem to attack the rim much, you know, you, you I think you do your best to take their jump shots away, jump shots from two and from three, and see if they can they can drive it and, and, and beat you doing that because that's not something they've done a lot of. Um, although uh, Tyson Walker, their guard that I forgot his name earlier, He's pretty good at it. AJ Hogard's not too bad. The, those two guys are are, are really good, uh, but they're they're more shooters and drivers. Uh, so so you know, force them to do uncomfortable things. I think that'll be part of the game plan. Uh, and then you know, I think you know we, we mentioned our wild cards, Desi and uh, Tomlin. Get those two guys going, uh, along with uh, Keontae having a better efficiency game. Keontae's efficiency against uh, Kentucky was 0.79, which is one of his bottom five of the year so if we can get him up about 1.05 1.1 efficiency uh, i think k-state's gonna be in really good shape i hear you uh and jimmy I, I i can't wait to follow along everything you're gonna put out on twitter and on kso this week you'll be in madison square garden covering the game so you'll have to yes. keep everyone you know up to date with how life is up in the concrete jungle of new york city um I will not – I'm not going up Thursday. I can't promise that I'm not just going to hop on a flight Saturday morning if <laughs> if we make the Elite Eight. I might – actually, I might have to do some impulse control because I did that versus Loyola, and I am superstitious. Uh, I did yeah. eat uh, – I, I did eat some uh, wings from Wingstop uh, and, and drank a delicious Manhattan Brewery uh, towny wheat 
uh, before each of K-State's tournament games. Awesome. So I might have to keep doing that, keep it going, unless we make it to Houston because I'll, I'll go down to Houston. But uh, I, I think everyone needs to get some Manhattan Brewery uh, beers, the best craft brewery in the entire state of Kansas. Check them out this week. Enjoy this week. Enjoy the buildup. Thursday, 5.30 p.m. Central Time will be here before you know it. So, Jimmy, uh, I'll, I'll let you say anything you want to K-State fans listening at any boneheads, and then I will let you get back to your drive. But uh, two two shout outs to Boneheads. Uh, my guy Justin, baller status, one of the, like like you said, one of the best K State hoops fans I know. Uh, usually super positive, but but always always about K State basketball. And then uh, I've got to give another one to 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 Kalen, uh, who hopped on the show. One of my former students, and I coached him in in both football and tennis, and had some really good takes. So. Kalen, I got to tell you, if you're still listening, I'm proud of you for hopping on and, and being a good bonehead. Uh, and then finally, uh, a shout out to D.Y. Uh, let me be part of this and, and uh, working with him at KSO and uh, just had a great time hanging out with him this past weekend and looking forward to another weekend. K-State sports. Uh, it's it's I don't like to talk about myself often, but it's kind of weird that an art teacher that liked numbers uh, got caught on with with the media deal and just got to do all this and, and be part of uh, the media, sit on press row. Um, you know, it's it's just been surreal this whole this whole year going to Big 12 championship games, Sugar Bowl, football games, basketball games, NCAA tournament, Big 12 tournament. Uh, this has been quite a run, and and I've enjoyed it thoroughly. And and like you, like you said, and and many of the pods said, just enjoy this. I mean, this is going to go down as one of the best years uh, in in K State sports history, and it's so fun to be a part of. It's so fun to come on with you and and jump on and 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 be part of the Bosco's boys and and the Boneheads, and just it's it's been a, it's been a trip. It's fun. I'll say this because you don't like talking about yourself, Jimmy. You're you're one of not only the best humans, but but the work you put in, and you you've completely changed the way I think I watch games. I think the way a lot of K State fans watch football and basketball. So uh, yes, you might be an art teacher who's a K State fan, but I, I think everything that you've had coming your way over these years, I think is uh, much deserved. So I want to thank you for your contributes or uh, contributions. And again, I, I think it couldn't, you know, getting these opportunities could not go to a, you know, greater person. And I'm glad uh, DY is, uh, you know, at K-State Online. And, uh, you know, it started with Jmar as you've mentioned, and kept going with Matt Hall yeah. and Derek Young has taken it to the next level. And, uh, you know, shout out to those three men uh, for helping amplify your voice, because I think it's a voice that uh, every K-State fan and every Big 12 fan should be hearing. Thank you. That's very kind. Yep. Well, that's all we have, folks. We will have uh, a live show. We'll be going live Wednesday at 7 p.m. Uh, to get your K-State, Michigan State uh, predictions out there. Or who knows? You never know who might pop on the live show, and then it just takes on a life of its own. Um, I'm working on something. Might have an episode for folks to listen to on Wednesday, so we might have shows publishing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Hopefully Friday as well. 
Um, but just stay tuned. Uh, we, we, we've been going at it now officially for five years. The first game that we ever talked about was K-State Kentucky. I'm glad, you know, on the anniversary of the show launching, we're able to talk about another K-State win over Kentucky. So, uh, check out Manhattan Brewing Company, check out everything Jimmy is doing at KSU underscore fan on Twitter. Uh, check out what he's posting over at K-State online, uh, and just soak up all this K-State content coming from all directions this week. So, For Jimmy, for the Boneheads, for Chauncey, the best dog in the world, we love you guys, and go Cats. It's time to get set for the Cat Attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Purple and white we share. Showing our colors Podcast Network.